Welcome to the Real Estate Hustle Podcast. My name is Andre Chin, broker owner, real estate investor, mega agent, and real estate coach. We're going to be tackling all things real estate, bringing you guests from all across North America, mega agents, mega teams, and we're going to be diving deep into their businesses to figure out how they got to where they are and how they consistently bring that hustle into their business every single day. Buckle up, our podcast starts now. All right, guys, we're back with another episode of the Real Estate Hustle podcast. This week, we've got my good friend, and I'd, I'd almost like to call him a troublemaker, but Mark Loeffler, the man himself, investor, real estate agent, mega agent, and mega team. Mark, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. You lie. I don't have a mega team, I'm, and I'm hardly a real estate agent, so... <laughs> <laughs> well, well I, I'm going off of the full time that I've known you. So you had a mega team. You now a have a partnership with an amazing, amazing partner. And you're still one of the one of the best investors I know out there. So still happy to have you. Mark, tell me about your journey. How long have you been been dabbling in real estate or everything real estate? So I've been an investor now for 18, 19, 20 years. I don't even know, right around there. Uh, I've been a real estate agent since 2009, so it'll be 12 years in September. Uh, yeah, uh, first year real estate did 54 deals, which back then was like where I was working was Hamilton was about 250, $260,000 commission. Next year I did about 75, third year when I was with Keller Williams, uh, I did I, I said something I did something stupid. I sold 100 units all by myself. Um, it, it was, it wasn't fun. They don't ever do that. It's not worth it. Did you do that with no administrative support, no help, just, just all you? Uh, I had an admin and I also, um, I had trying to get her help through the years. I burnt out, I don't know, maybe three or four other people along the way for admin. So, and this, you gotta remember, this is before DocuSign. So you're, you're this is like faxing, that. going running around, getting printouts, running, like going, like driving to somebody's house, get it signed. Like if I had DocuSign, I mean, whew, I would, that would have taken out 30, 40 hours of my week. I could have just run like a 60 or 70 hour week. I was going to say, you probably would have then gone down 150 deals because you would have had more could time. Could have done a 150. That's right. There you go. So, so what made you decide to get your real estate license? I mean, I know you were investing, um, and if I'm not mistaken, in your investments, you were you were utilizing the the BRRR method. You were one of the first people to kind of jump on board with that. Why get the license? So yeah, we were doing burrs, we were doing flips, we were doing rent to owns. Um, before I got my license, I wrote my first book, uh, Investing in Rent to Own Properties: A Complete Canadian Guide. Uh, you can still get that. It's through Wiley. You can get it on Amazon. And yeah, I mean, I kind of got my real estate license because I was doing rent to owns for two reasons. Was number one, I was making six to seven thousand dollars per deal I was putting together, and the real estate agent was making nine to ten. And basically, all they were doing, I was giving them the lead, and they were showing three or four houses to these people because they were so qualified. They were, we had them like, here's your box. This is what you can go in. That these are the four properties that work. And they were so grateful to buy a house, they didn't really care. Right. Right. Like we made sure they bought good houses, but it was shooting fish in a barrel for these agents. So I looked at that and said, well, I can, I can't get a referral from the agent, but if I became an agent, they can pay me a referral. Right. So I, I started getting either doing the deal or getting 50% of the deal 
um, that way. And also I wrote the book and I wrote the book in like two months, which is, I mean, I'm sure most people haven't written a book, but as you can appreciate, it takes a lot of time and effort. So after those two months, I had a lot of free time. So basically I had that free time and I was like, oh, well, what am I going to do? So I went ahead and got my real estate license in just a little over two and a half months. Wow. That's incredible. Do you still do RTOs? No. No. What made you, what made you pull out of them? I'm seeing them go away. see less and less people doing them these days. What's happening there? It's just a lot of work. It's a lot of effort. Um, and I prefer to, I, I prefer Burr, right? I'd rather Burr a property, be able to hold it, be able to flip it, do whatever I want and not beholden to anyone. Uh, but it's a lot of work to put somebody in to get it set up right and, and to do it properly. So, so my experience with RTOs, I mean, we, we've, I've been the real estate agent on them. I've invested in a couple myself, but my experience is, is typically you know, doesn't always necessarily work. Like you don't always get to the finish line or they, you know, they got to keep going. Would you agree? Here's the thing. It depends on what market, but like if you're buying in an up market, then it always works. Cause if they don't complete, you still own a property. Um, And typically they're not going to stay at the rent unless the rent's gone up stupidly. And now they're getting a bargain. Right. At least you don't care because you're still making cash flow. Um, So like, I don't think it's a anybody's ever investor no matter what. Yeah. And so, I, and I know that when we ran it, we were running 65 to 70% people uh, completing. Uh, but you got to remember, like, sometimes they'd go longer. We had one guy in Orangeville and he was all set. We had him set up. He was closing in like three months and he had great credit now. And, you know, everything was clean. And he went and bought a truck because he had great tr- credit. So he went and got a new truck that sent him back two years. So he, he ended up buying, but it was two years later. Right, 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 right. That's okay. So, so what's, what's your, what are you doing now? I mean, you, you've got the, the partnership with, uh, and I think it's Sharon. Um, Sharon, yeah. What, what made you come back into a partnership? Because you were pretty well out of the sales for, for quite a while. Yeah, I mean, I basically on, on the team handle the um, like apartment stuff. So I will sell apartments. I'll sell some commercial stuff. Um, and he, and, and to be honest with you, I love the partnership because she does what I don't want to do. She's like, people like her. I don't need to be nice to people anymore. They can just do whatever they want. And I just send talk to Sherry and it's great. Right. So like all of our listings, everything, like she's involved in all of them and even the investor stuff. And she's in there and like detail stuff and our men's in there. And basically I, I said, here, here's the plan. And then it's all gets implemented, like social media, like everything. Um, I think the only thing like she doesn't really touch all that much is, is my YouTube channel. And that's for me to create content and, and, and that type of thing. And yeah, and that's been going really well too. So basically what systems and models in place is what I'm hearing. Yeah. And, and I'm helping her like with those systems and models. It's just, I'm not the one doing the work and I'm helping her to be able to say, I'm not, she's not the one doing the work either. Right. So, so, so you guys, I mean, so so you're back, I mean, sort of selling your, I think you've done every, every role a real estate agent can, can do. Right. I mean, you ran the office, you were a coach for some time, you're an investor and you're a real estate agent. Is it just boredom? You just bored? Like, like what's up? No, I mean, here's the thing. I like to give back, right? And I thought doing the office thing, I thought that was the opportunity. Um, 
what I don't like is I don't really like having a job. Um, I, I, yeah, like, and, and that's what I found my, my coaching to become, uh, I, I was, that's what, I mean, they paid for me to show up every week. Right. That's just what it was. So, you know, and obviously you get vacation, you do whatever yet. It, it's, it's still, it's, it's a job, right? Absolutely. So, and you know, obviously running the office, it's a job and it was a great job. I loved it. It just, I didn't want to put in the time that I felt was necessary to what they were paying me. I mean, I know that the owner was like, Hey, just work 10 hours a week. You can, you can do what, what you need to do in 10 hours a week. And I'm like, yeah, but I kind of don't feel right. I was, like, how about I still do those 10 hours a week? I just, you just don't pay me. So you still coaching? You still doing any coaching now or are you out of that game? No, nah, I mean, to be honest with you, uh, coaching isn't my gig. I don't want to, uh, I mean, I get people call me all the time, ask me to coach them and I, I could probably charge a significant sum for it, like, I don't know, 40, 50 grand a year. And it, it's just not my thing. I'd rather refer them to somebody who, who's really passionate about it, who, who, who likes doing it. Um, you know, so I've, I've connected with a bunch of investor coaches who are very good at it. Um, and yeah, and, and it's better anyways. Right. Like, right. So there's, there's no ego attached to it for you. You don't have to be the guy you're willing to let somebody else do it. Uh, nope. I, I'm good enough who I am. I don't really, if I never sold another piece of real estate or never bought another piece of real estate, I think I'd be okay. Fair enough. So, so can I ask, I mean, if, if I'm off sides, let me know, but, but what's the official net worth? I mean, I think I've been bugging you for a while to kind of get this out of you. So I'm going to ask you on the podcast, would you, would you be willing to share with, with everyone? Or is that a little probably, probably about three times as much as yours. What's yours? <laughs> well, mine, mine's just under five. So, yeah, so you're maybe a little more than three times. Yeah. So, so you're probably five times where I'm at. No, no, not, not yet. Uh, yeah. Next year. Next year for sure. Maybe. Who so, knows? So you you don't want to sell. We're not doing that, but you're in the apartment building oh. now. But walk me through the yeah. journey is because I think you started and and everyone always wants to know, like, how'd you get started in investments? Like, did you just grab a hammer one day and, and start doing it? Like work me through how you go from zero to apartment buildings, 91 units. I don't even remember how many uh, doors you have right now. I don't know, like 180 or something, Yeah, but we're selling 140 of them right now, if anybody's interested. So how much for you? 30 million. Um, oh, we'll talk after. Okay. <laughs> Um, but no, um, like I started with, I started doing burrs. Um, I started living in a, so I, how it start with house hacking. So buy a property, 5% down, buy a duplex, you can do 5% down. Like I did cash back mortgage. So I think my first property was like 200 and something thousand dollars. And I did 5% down with three and a half percent cash back. I was literally into the property for $6,000. I moved into the property. I did the renovations myself. Um, and I cleaned it up and then I went ahead and, you know, when I could, I refinanced it. I had very little money in it anyways. Like I had maybe $10,000 in material, $6,000 in, in actual income. And then, you know, I did that for a bit and that was new market Ontario. And then I went ahead and did another one new market. And then I went ahead and did that in Toronto because I wanted to live back in Toronto. So I, I was just house hacking. I was buying duplexes. And basically I was living for free and that's what allowed me to, at like 20, I, I don't really, 
I haven't had a corporate job other than being a team leader or a coach um, since I was probably 24, 25. Wow. Because I, I like my, my costs were so low, I had no expenses. I owned a car free and clear. I had no, I think I had to pay property taxes and some utilities was all I, all I owed. So, I mean, my wife and I both weren't working. She went back to school to become a teacher. I wasn't working. I was just, you know, uh, wholesaling or doing rent to owns or doing whatever. I mean, I was still making money obviously, but, uh, right. like not, not a corporate job. So, so, so what, what made you kind of take that strategy and then was it just natural progression into the bigger stuff or what, what happens next? You know, you're, you're doing this stuff and, and then all of a sudden, you know, you're doing more and more and more kind of from my memory, um, any, anything change or do you just well, up your game? Uh, to be honest with you, I, I always tell people they make, well, you no, it, it's the truth. You make the most amount of money in two to four units because you can do them quicker. You can turn them quicker. Uh, you're getting residential financing. So it's just a little cheaper. And uh, yet the reason to go commercial is uh, honestly just for mortgages, right? So in residential world, majority of the time, because you can, you can actually get this, you can change this yet. Um, you know, you get, there's a limit, you know, the more you borrow, the less they like you, right? Whereas in commercial, the more you borrow, the more they like you. What's the difference between commercial or resi? Is it the six unit mark when you hit six, you're in a commercial financing? So you can get six uh, residential with RBC or Desjardins. You can get up to eight units uh, with Desjardins residential. And you want to do that just because then you don't have to have environmentals. Uh, it's lower cost of borrowing. There's less fees involved. Um, yeah. So, I mean, like 10 plus, nine, 10 plus, um, even eight. But for the majority, like if I bought a sixplex, I would try to do it residentially right now. Okay. And, and are you renoing? Is everything you buy a reno? Everything I buy is a reno. Not like a complete gut reno anymore, but, uh, you know, basically it's a value add. So when I buy a multifamily apartment building, then basically what I'm doing is I'm getting the net income up and that's how they're, they're, um, reappraising and, and stuff. yeah, that's how they're reappraising. They're appraising it off the net operating income. Right. So I either, I, well, I lower expenses and I raise income and that increases my value. Okay. Your opinion, everyone should, should be doing this. I mean, we got a, we got a lot of realtors that listen and I, and I heard this the other day, it's something like 60% of realtors don't own the home they're living in is absolutely mind-blowing to me yeah i don't know about that but um yeah i mean yeah i mean everybody i i think everybody should like do this everybody i i think if you're in your 20s why aren't you house hacking like if you have no kids and all that like house hack like you can you can earn more than what you're paying out like you go buy a fourplex and has, you live in a two-bedroom unit you have a roommate you rent out the other pro other things in there like you can make you can make an income just from that did you come up with that term yourself house hacking house hacking no i was doing house hacking before it was called house hacking same thing i was burring before burring was actually named so <laughs> do, do you partner with anyone or are you you kind of a solo solo investor what's your thoughts on that so, i mean i have partners and um they've helped me get to where i am faster than i could have got here myself moving forward am i going to partner i don't know i have a couple of people pitching me um right now for me to work with them 
so we'll see what that looks like. And if, if the deal is structured properly, it, it makes sense. Um, and I tell people like the most expensive money you're ever going to get is joint venture money. Yet it is typically the best way to go around it because like nobody, when you're starting out, nobody's just going to give you a loan, right? Nobody's going to say, Hey, yeah. Uh, okay. I see. Oh, you're doing your first property. I'll just loan you the money at 15% and hundred percent, 110% of the, the, of what you bought it for. Right. They're like, no, well, I want equity in there to, you know, share in the reward. Right. And once you get, once you get experienced and you can not buy with partners, then, you know, you can do that. Like I can go, and if I find a flip, I could go and I could get 120% of financing on it, no problem. Um, and, you know, carry the cost or whatever that is, even include the interest in the loan and, you know, buy that property or same, same on apartment building. Like I, I would probably structure it differently now where I have pref preferred uh, rate and then lower uh, equity. So. Okay. Well, we had, um, you know, it's funny. We had, we had Sandy and, and Adrian, Adriano on um, separately. Adrian. San, Adrian, sorry. And, uh, you know, Sandy mentioned kind of his journey being with your team um, once upon a time and, and, you know, kind of his growth path and then watching that. Anybody else that, that I should know that's kind of come out of the Mark Loeffler camp of incredible investors? Yeah. yeah, you got to talk to Alex Powell. Um, who else? Um, Oh, geez, there's I mean, other people. Um, do, do you enjoy that though? Like, do you enjoy making millionaires? Oh yeah, that, that was the whole point. That was the whole, that's the whole point now, right? That's the whole point of the YouTube channel. Uh, I kind of don't want to have a team anymore. I don't want to have, you know, agents that are, um, they, I, I just refer business right now because uh, it's easier, right? Uh, less stress, less hassle. If they screw up, I just stop referring to them um, and that's fine. Um, but yeah, like that's what the whole YouTube thing is about, right? It's about giving back, helping create more millionaires. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's finding out other people, like-minded people to hang out with. You know, the, the thing I found about it kind of investing is, is how small the circle actually was, right? I mean, you hear so many people, oh yeah, I invest, I do this, I do that. And, and you start quantifying it and, you know, they, they bought a townhouse and that's their only investment, but they're telling everyone they're, they're investors. If, if you're new to this, who are you taking advice from? Like, who are you listening to that other people should be listening to? Um, I mean, I don't know, Andrew Hines podcast. You mentioned Sandy. He has a good podcast. Uh, Matt McKeever in London. I listen to Graham Stephan. Stockside, I, I do uh, Financial Freedom Jeremy on, the YouTube, on YouTube. Uh, Graham Stephan's YouTube as well. Um, uh, George L. Masri's uh podcast is good um he's all canadian or are all these canadians or yeah. most of those are canadian graham stephan's in the states and so is jeremy um meet kevin is a good one too these guys were real estate agents that grew like meet kevin grew a a, a great big following and uh graham stephan yeah i mean they're both good real estate agents they just make more money from youtube but less hassle i guess right 100 percent well, and it's, dealing, it sounds like dealing with people is, you know, the issue. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it sounds like a bit of the path, right? You kind of grow into it, get the team, maybe you keep building that way. I know Sandy still got his team, but you know, his focus is, is investments and, and his growth path as well. And it seems to be a natural curve. 
Um, what are you, what are you telling a brand new investor right now? Uh, you're going to overpay today in five years. You'll look like a genius. Fair. Pandemic have anything to do with your investing? Like, have you still picked up any properties? So I'm hearing it can't be done. We bought a 29 unit this year. Um, no problem. Um, yeah, I mean, things are still selling. Like there was a 42 unit uh, portfolio in Burlington and they listed at some ridiculously low number and there was, they held back. It was an estate sale and yeah, they, they got 44 offers and, they, and it sold for uh, 14 million. I, my offer was 10 and a half firm. Didn't even see the properties. Um, 10 and a half firm closed in a month. And they, they, they got 14. Oh, they got 14. They're not taking mine. Like, I mean, I would take the extra three and a half million dollars too. It's like, I'm not, it's just like, okay. And, and at that price, you look at, it's like what I tell everyone as a put the price in that if you're ha like, if it goes a dollar more, you're like, you know what? That's good. They got it. Good for them. Congratulations. Right. So, you know, when I heard the price, I was like, yep. I'm okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, I'm hearing a lot of investors. I mean, we work, we work with investors on the team as well. So I got a lot of investors sort of saying to me, you know, they're not going to buy or they're going to wait or they're going to this. What's your opinion of, of that side of stuff? You had said that two years ago. I mean, you say, I put out a video in March and basically said, I think this is the opportunity to buy. Um, and I was right. I just said, I think we have a good one to two month window. I was wrong. We had a two to three week window where you could buy. And if you bought in that time, you look like an, a freaking genius, right? Or like someone like me, I'd bought before that time, but I was still in my conditional period. So I negotiated during that time to lower it because I, nobody knew what was going on. I was like, I don't know if Home Depot is going to be open. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. So I need a discount. And they were like, yeah. Right. Like we're, I'm like, well, listen, we're buying cash. Just, we need a discount because we have no idea what's going on in the world. And then, you know what, it's turned out that, you know, 99% of our tenants are paying rent. Um, you know, we're able to get all the trades. Tra we're able to do everything. Right. So. And, and the only, the only holdup I saw last year was, was a bit of like sort of lumber shortage. That seemed to be the only thing that, that had a small little impact for a little while. It was like, ah, you can't get any, can't get any wood in. Yeah. That's mainly on the pressure treated side. We didn't have any on the, like, we could always get like the two by fours. It just, you had to pay for them three yeah. times the cost, right? Three times so. the cost. Yeah. So, so do you only invest, you, you invest internationally just in Canada? What's, what's the portfolio look like? Right now, just in Canada, I've looked in the States a little bit. I haven't pulled the trigger on anything yet. Um, I will, I will, um, coming up, I, I just right now it's, I, I want to be able to travel down there and, and do that type of stuff. Um, you know, I, I don't know if it's somewhere else or where it is. I, right now it's all Canada, 98% of it's in Hamilton. I got some Toronto, one in Cornwall. <laughs> One in Cornwall. How'd you get yeah. suckered into that one? Was it a good, it had to have been a good deal if you're there. Suckered into it, man. I used to own six or seven properties out there. That's just the last one left. Wow. So, and so actually, I, uh, we should sell that one. So, fair, fair enough. Um, guys, Mark's selling if anyone's looking to buy. Mark, where would you invest now? I mean, the Hamilton's crazy, Kitchen Waterloo's crazy, Guelph's crazy. Like your major, your major outlets are crazy. Where are you looking? 
Um, I'm still looking at Hamilton, uh, Brantford, St. Catharines, some of the tertiary mar markets. Um, I don't know. I just had a guy on my show about a 54 unit Ingersoll. Um, that was a great deal. He's buying in smaller markets. Like I'm looking 401 corridor. So Belleville, Coburg. Um, although here's the thing, like I say that and I've been looking in these areas for a while. It's just, I look out there and I find something I'm, I'm like poking around on it. And then this great deal comes up in Hamilton. And I end up buying it. And then it takes me, I got to digest it. So, you know, six months later, I'm like, okay, I'm ready to look again. And something great comes up in Hamilton. So, so you don't really have to go that far. How are you finding deals though? I mean, I, that's, that's something I hear all the time is, oh man, I can't find a deal. I don't know where to look. I can't find a deal. Like, so you're on market, off market networks. What do you use? Yep. All of the above. I call owners. I network with owners. I network with real estate agents who know owners on market stuff. Um, it just, if you're plugged in, you're plugged in, right? It's, that's why, and that's why you, here's the thing. You work with somebody who works in apartment buildings. If you want to buy an apartment building, because they're plugged in. I mean, the amount of agents I get come to me and say, Hey, you know, uh, if you get an apartment building, you know, let me know. I have buyers. I'm like, yeah, great. No worries. Except what about my 10 buyers that I have for that same apartment building? And that's the problem, right? That's why there was 44 offers on a, like a, a nine, $10 million portfolio because there's that much demand. Um, and like, I have one listed right now, my own apartment building, 1797 main street West listed it on Monday, accepting offers next Monday. And I, I mean, I don't know, I, I'm expecting 20 to 25 offers on this thing just because there's no inventory, right? So, so where do you start though, right? I mean, how do you get plugged in? Like, where, where'd you start? Were you going to conferences? Were you going to meetups? So I started, I bought a building, it was on MLS. Um, actually, it was a sh real shitty building on MLS. Uh, like it was 18 units, it was vacant. It was perfect for me. I loved it at that time. I would probably, well, I'd probably still buy it. Just the one that you did um, in downtown Hamilton with the windows and, and, and you did, uh, I think you did a burr on the whole building. Was that this one? I've done a burr on every building I own. <laughs> Fair, fair. Um, no, I mean, I don't know. It was 1544 King Street East in Hamilton. Uh, we did windows. We jacked up the building. Like we basically rebuilt the whole thing. Like, cause somebody had stolen the rads and basically the water had seeped down like crackheads had stolen the rads for scrap metal. And the water had basically leaked out and had um, taken out the foundation. So we had to do that. Um, but we basically rebuilt the whole thing. New, new hydro, new, new wiring new plumbing. Uh, when you do that though, like we were able to separate all the uh, uh, water meters. We were just able to separate all the gas, all the hydro. So we have very little expenses on that building. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, and then, you know, the other one, my, the next two I bought were both on market, like MLS listed. Uh, I bought a bunch off market and people just call me because they know either I have a buyer or that I'm a good buyer, right? Like, so I'll just show up, here's my price. We agree on it. And if I say I agree, we close. Right. Unless something silly comes up. Like we had a 20 unit under contract and it came back that it was only a legal 18 and they weren't willing to help us. And we could see that it was a clerical error with city of Hamilton yet. It was probably gonna cost us 40, 50 grand to fix their clerical error. And I would say, listen, you got to help us out because that's, that's a, a pretty big cost for something that, you know, obviously 
not our fault and probably not your fault yet you're the seller and we're the buyer so you got it you got to do it you part of any of those those groups um rain i think it was rain network um hamilton's i was one. yeah i was part of rain uh for a long time um kind of i don't know their information is kind of not as good as it was when don was running it uh rise network in toronto is good um the um gain which alex pal runs in hamilton at the there's a whole bunch of them what's the other one that um is out here in burlington uh crap i don't remember there's so many of them yeah um so you, yeah, you recommend like, though being being a part of something like that as oh part yeah of like that. there's there's Onria there's there's a whole bunch of them and now you can do them from anywhere right like you can do Zoom so you can go to the Hamilton one you can go to the Toronto one you can go to the London one uh, Sarnia so you can go network with these investors and you'd be like okay well what's going on out there like what are you buying I, I mean I was talking to a guy buying in Sarnia and he bought a twelve plex for seven fifty I'm oh, like that's like, what deal. is that like a six cap and he's like oh probably six and a half. I'm like, that's okay. Like, why wouldn't you buy that, right? You got upside and rents, you got all this. So that's that's a good deal. Do you, do you yeah. always look at, at the cap rate? Uh well, I mean, I always look at the cap rate. Is do I buy because it's a six cap? I'm buying three caps in Hamilton, for God's sake. So um, but here's the thing, like that's how they get refinanced after, right? So I'm looking at it and basically saying, okay, my my refinance is at this cap rate. What value is the bank going to give me based on that? So, right. So, so you're using the cap rate almost to your advantage in, in Hamilton and in some of those tighter areas. Yep. I like it. So, so from the real estate side of things, I mean, you're still, you're still selling, but you're doing the majority of that side, solo agent to a team, to expansion back to a team. And then, and then now in a partnership, um, mm -hmm. A lot of agents listen to us, I think, from every caliber. What was your, what was your best year ever and, and sort of what, what got you there? Was it only investments or did you actually do the conventional buying and selling part of things? Best year ever how? GCI. That's a loaded question. I don't GCI. know. Like my best year ever. Like, so my best year ever when I spent uh, four months at the cottage and I grew a big grizzly beard and did a bunch of triathlons. Um, I don't know. Played a lot of golf. Like, is that what you're talking? That, that about? sounds like a good year. Um, was that was that your most profitable year? Coincidentally? No, no, it wasn't. Um, I, like, I don't know. Like, my most profitable year was probably when I sold a, like a hundred homes all on my own. I bought a bunch of investment properties. Um, yeah, I mean, it was probably like real estate wise is my most profitable. Like. I've had probably more profitable years just from like stock market investing as well. Um, I don't know. They're all good years, bud. Like, uh, what do you want me to tell you? Like, it's all the experience, right? And it's all the growth thing. And it's like figuring out what I want to do. It's like, do I want to run a big team? No, it's a lot. It's a pain in the ass for me. I don't want to do that. It's not my personality. Perfect. Let's keep it small. Keep it tight. Everybody knows their role and it's good. Right. Um, I don't know. I'm having a lot of fun right now. So like, you've been having fun for a little while. It's not just right now. Every year gets a little better, but that's, that's just how it should be. Right. So, so would you consider yourself technically retired? I mean, you're not technically no, working. I'm not technically retired. Like, I mean, here's the thing. Somebody calls me to list a property. Okay. Like I, like we, we listed two uh, rental properties. I sold somebody a while back and it's, 
it was okay boom let's let's do this and then i'm like i set the pricing it's like i'm work right it's not i get it's easy for me but it doesn't mean it's not work well, i don't know that it's necessarily easy i'd say it's simple right i mean you you yeah. naturally gravitate towards people you ask a lot of questions you network a lot i mean i've traveled with you before and i watch you walk around the airport and just network the entire time so I, I, you know most real estate agents i don't think realize that that's still considered lead generation you're just doing it 100 percent. i used to get so in my heyday i was probably getting three to four agent referrals a month wow yeah. wow and just just that's by being you just by just by talking to people hanging out um doing whatever and yep well, and I love that we have that, right? Because we've had we've had everybody else, right? We've had the the lead generators, we've had the cold callers, the door knockers, you know, the buy online leads. We've we've had the investment side, but a little bit different. And and then there's there's Mark, and the Mark theory is have fun with it, be yourself, network a lot, and and add value to other people's lives. Well, like I'll be honest with you though, like when I had the team, we were cold callers. I mean, that's where Sandy gets it from. He's just running my model, and that's we everybody lead generated nine till 11 every day. Um, we had a listing specialist. Their only job was to follow up on leads, book appointments. Um, and like their first month, they probably listed like seven or eight houses, right? Because that we had so many leads stacked up and I was the listing agent. I'm a horrible listing agent, but not that I'm bad. It's just, I'm a lazy listing agent. Um, and it was, you know, they were all just sitting there like right for the picking. And so he had a great month and continued to do well. And yeah. And, and now he's running a big organization. So I, I don't even think I knew that, Mark. I don't think I realized you guys were, you guys were cold calling. I, I thought it was all your database and, and fairly mostly just referrals coming in. No, we, a lot of referrals, agent referrals, uh, a lot of referrals from the database, but cold calling was our primary source of listings. Cause you gotta remember. So when I did a hundred homes, 90, 90 of those were buyers. I was list. I was selling one house a month as a listing agent, um, but ninety were buyers. And typically, when I got a, a listing, I I double end more than half of them because I had so many buyers. Wow, wow. So, so what are you telling? I mean, if if I know you don't coach anymore, but if if you were talking to you know a new agent or an agent that's struggling, or even an agent that's doing well and and wants to kind of change their life, what are you telling them to do? Pick up the phone, go to the doors whatever they're comfortable with. I mean, real estate's a contact sport. However, you can make contacts. So when I started, it was a lot of networking. I was at a networking event four or five times a week. Uh, I was meeting people and it was like investors. So, you know, investors for real estate agents should be shooting fish in a barrel because they're showing up at these events saying, I want to buy. And it's just, now you have to take them to that next level and get pen to paper and get them signed and, then, you know, a lot of that's what's your system look like? What's your, your backend, like not even your backend system with that. It's what's your backend system for referring them to, you know, property manager, contractors, inspectors, you know, if you make it easy for them, the more they'll buy mortgage broker. Right. So, so create your team doesn't have to be your, your, you know, your personal real estate team, but have your team around you that, that you're vetted. So to yep. speak. Right. So, how, and so never how just, Never just refer one person. Whew. I learned that the hard way. Tell me that story. What happened? Oh, uh, we were referring a property manager and like, I don't think they were criminal or anything. They got too big and didn't hire or didn't hire properly. And basically they imploded. 
and that uh, just left a lot of people stranded and that's no good so always refer three property managers do you do you manage your own properties i do right now that might change because i'm selling a bunch of them so we'll see how that looks like what's the reason for selling at this time like are you are you well can you share are you on to something bigger yeah, uh, and better no no um i'm gonna redeploy that money into real estate of course um i might buy a couple of the things off my partner but my partner wants to sell time, time to cash out yeah i got it that's all right so so i mean we're, we're almost out of time mark um i'm looking for i'm looking for the, the mic drop moment so if, if you could leave our guests with with something just just impactful that's going to change your lives what would that be? well number one is watch all my videos on youtube the mark loffler experience so make sure you do that um number no two is plug here oh, whatever um number two is you know don't west don't wait to invest in real estate it's like it's like a treat best time was 50 years ago second best time today get off your wallet make it happen. You're going to overpay today. And in five years, you're going to look like a genius. That's awesome. I love it, Mark. Thank you so much, Mark. How do we find you? I know, I know about the YouTube channel, the Mark Loeffler experience. I'm going to say it again, the Mark Loeffler experience, make sure you guys go and listen to it. Where else can we find you if we want to connect with you or, or get any tidbits? I know you're always open to sharing with people. Yeah. I like, so Instagram is where I'm spending most of my time now. Um, living the dream 40. I'm sure you'll put the link up. Um, yeah. And I'm, I post there every day. So. I love it. Awesome. Guys, this has been the Real Estate Hustle Podcast. I'm Andre Chan. You can find us also on Instagram. We're on uh, Facebook as well. Mark, we're so happy to have you. And so, I mean, such a treat. I mean, I want to bring you back next year or later on this year, because I know you're going to be doing some crazy things this year in, in the real estate investing world. And I'm excited to kind of hear how the relationship with you and Sharon goes. Um, you've always been a wild man. So the fact that she's kind of got you, you know, kept in, in that little box there and, and you're helping and supporting that's that's great to see so thank you so much yeah my pleasure <laughs> all right